Tonight, we're headed to LA for sex, drugs, and rock and roll, because we're talking about Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. So let's start the show. Your Hollywood system stole our sex and co-opted our violence, so there's nothing left for our kinds of movies. Oh, hi, Mark. (laughs) Where in the hell are we? If I want your opinion, I'll beat it out of you. This whole thing is turning into a theatrical mockery. You understand that, Mike? Stop eating my sesame cake. I'm so sure. Just look like you like me, and let's stand on. No. Wolfman's got nard. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. What did I say? No jelly roll. I get older, they stay the same age. You can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. Happy guy, motherfucker. Hey guys, thanks for joining the cult. We really appreciate it. I am your host, Cody Everett. Do us a favor, head over to iTunes, leave us a review. We will give you a shout out at the end of the show. And then when you're done with that, head over to cultfilmandreview.com for all your cult film and review needs, like picking up a t-shirt or uh, watching some videos and maybe checking out an episode or two because all of them are on there. Uh, also, some cool fucking things are on there too. Sweet. Sell, sell the way to sell it. Yeah. Using that salesman's you know, tongue. You know, I got a lot of cool stuff, <laughs> man. Can't close. I just and it's can't. not a lot of money. I know? just can't close. <laughs> and then join us for Hard Ticket to Hawaii at Phoenix Film Bar on July 5th. This will be a very good time. They can get tickets where, Chris? The Film Bar, PHX.com. And as always, I am joined by Kyle Smith. Hey, how's it going? Chris Willenbrecht. Hey, what's up? And Michael Salustio. Hello, everyone. Today, we are talking about Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. It was directed by Russ Myers. It was written by Roger Ebert. came out in 1970. It had a budget of one to two million. We're not really sure. Made 40 million in the box office. Is that real? Yeah. Holy shit. It's real. <laughs> Has an X to NC-17 rating. It's all over the place. One to two million X to NC-17 and currently sits at a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. This was a fan pick. The double fan pick, actually. Double fan pick. Yeah, we got. Um, I'll I'll read the one we got, and sure. then you can, uh, Chris, take it over. But cool. uh, we got a uh, fan pick came in from John Churchill, and uh, John had to say, "I have always loved this ultra campy psychedelic train wreck of a masterpiece, and would love to hear CFIR's take on it." <laughs> oh, John nice. Churchill. That's a pen name of John Carpenter, right? A lot of people don't yeah, know that. A lot so. of people don't know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, not falling for it this and then, time. <laughs> I, and then, oddly enough, or you, coolly enough, I don't know how to say that. Coolly, coolly. <laughs> in a badass turn. Here we go. In a badass turn of events, Chris was recently out at Texas Frightmare. It was a turn of events. It was just like a. No, it was a cool happenstance. It's an addition to John Churchill's request. I when I was at Texas Frightmare uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, a listener approached me. She was. She asked me, like, she's like, "Do I know you?" And I was like, "No, I don't think so. Maybe <laughs> you do look kind of familiar." No, get away. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. And she and she was like, "Okay." And then we kind of thought about it for a minute. She's like, "Do you are you on a podcast?" And I said, "Oh yeah." And she said, "Oh, I love the podcast." And when we were, oh, she was dressed. Um, and she had uh, she was dressed like uh, what's his name from Basket Case, the lead actor from Basket Case, and she had a basket with Belial in it. So it was a really That's fucking awesome. It was a badass costume. But she also said, "Hey, you guys should do Beyond the Valley of the Dolls." And I was like, "Oh man, yeah, I have been wanting to do that." When did you tell her that the podcast's name was Cold Film and Review? Yeah. So that she didn't think she was. She there. asked. She thought me. it was the Chris yeah. Show. She, she asked just the me. way you explained yeah. it. Chris she, she was like, "Do you do a podcast?" Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah." And then she was. Just, She's like, "Dude, I love shockwaves. <laughs> I love <laughs> shockwaves. Dude. We could be so lucky. Yeah. You're so cool, man. Yeah. You're my favorite on that show." Chris is like, "Cool." No, 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 no. It was really awesome. Actually, doesn't happen too often, but yeah, her name's Lexi, and she requested Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, and she left me with, "How about that ending?" <laughs> so yeah. I was like, yep, this is probably one that we should touch on the show. It is a quintessential cult film. I almost so. feel like I could do a whole episode on that ending. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. just have so many questions about it. but Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, Chris, you were also excited about talking about this, weren't you? What's that? I said you were also excited about talking about this film? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I enjoy Russ Meyer films, so of course I'm... Uh, no, you <laughs> didn't. 
Kyle, I'm into it. Shut up. I was really, <laughs> really confused about that interaction and exchange. Cody's like, like trying to hey. bully us into answers. You, you like this Kyle movie, and you like right? this movie, right, bitch? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, because it, it's, it, it's written down here as of why why did Chris pick this film? So I thought he yeah. was also included into the two fans. I feel like it was a convergence of all of like fan picks and something that I would also have been interested in choosing. So it's just a perfect marriage of all those things. Sure, I, take, I was take, actually. Take the thunder away from the fans, Chris. No, it was it was Chris really Army. what pushed me in that direction. I was happy it got picked because um, you know we've only done one other Russ Meyer film, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yep, Faster and, Pussycat. And I'm not familiar with his library at all, so I, I'm enjoying what I'm finding. You know, going through his library and like seeing and just seeing what kind of what else have you seen? This. Okay, <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> this. I'm I'm, I'm like, glad we're back to him because I think we'll do. That's why like it's like I don't rush out to see stuff as much anymore because I figure eventually I'm going to see it on the show. Mm. Like, so if it's it, it, it puts a lot of things at the you, I'll get to it. You do <laughs> you do realize that we do one show a week, which means we can only do 52 movies a year, and there's yeah. about a million movies out there. <laughs> you should probably watch the more movies. The show Kyle will never end. Yeah. I'm sorry, Kyle. I go to we'll Superstar Video. <laughs> oh my God, Superstar Forty Seventh Ave in Olive in Phoenix. I'm sorry, Glendale, Arizona. Yeah, get that zip code right. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I rent lots of movies, Kyle. Yeah, yeah. check on it. Check on it. Check on. Yeah. Pull, pull my pull my account. Hey, pull hey. my account. I dare you. So I had not I had not heard of this one, nor did I know that Roger Robert e- Roger Ebert that guy was involved Robert Ebert. was involved with this either. Um, had w- anyone else seen this maybe before? Kyle, have you seen this before? I haven't seen it before, but I've heard of it. And uh, it's specifically because Roger Ebert, I'd heard this is a movie that he co-wrote. And I was like, Roger Ebert co-wrote a fucking movie? And I, it was part of some, uh, there was some documentary that I watched. And it had a bunch of clips and stuff from this movie in it. Um, but I hadn't watched it before, so it was my first time all the way through. Mike? No, I hadn't actually ever seen it. Like, I've, I've, I've obviously I've heard about it. Chris, I believe you talked about it a lot of times on the show. Um, it's no. like just one of those weird movies where I was just like, oh, no. Like, oh, no God, right. yeah, what the hell was that? <laughs> yeah, Chris no. gave us a little like, mm. yeah, I wouldn't agree with yeah. that. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't know if I've talked about it. I don't know if I would say a lot. I mean, we've definitely talked about it before. No. Anyways, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yes, I've heard about this movie, and I knew it was a quintessential cold film, but like, kind of for the same reasons, Cody, that you said, like, it's one of those things where I was just like, well, it's a quintessential. We'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah. yeah, it just never dawned on me to actually to, uh, to actually it watch up. it. And actually, was surprised too because I always thought this was some kind of weird like sci-fi movie. <laughs> Huh. So did like I. Beyond the Valley, the doll sounds like sci-fi. I thought yeah. it was like Barbarella or something. Yeah, I, or like very Step, much so. Or Stepford Wives. I, I didn't yeah. think. I didn't think sci-fi. I thought it was gonna be. I thought it was getting into like a women in prison exploitation type thing. There you mm. go. I could see yeah. that. In a way, it does. In kind a way of. It does. Kind of. Definitely has like hmm. a weird elements of exploitation. The prison of Fame. So, Chris, you had seen it before. I had watched most of this movie before. I bought it on VHS. And but the copy was so terrible, like yeah. it, like the the quality of course was bad, but it had it with the tracking was so awful on it that I feel like I didn't get the full experience when I had watched it before. So this felt fresh, but it was not the first time that I've seen most. Question, of this. Was the was the tracking all fucked up just only during the nudity scenes? <laughs> like what? Like it was edited or like, something? No, like, like somebody had somebody, somebody rewinding it. It, <laughs> it was worn out. It. Oh my god! I was, I was like, "What do you mean? Is that the whole? That's the whole movie." I know. Yeah. Yeah. The whole movie is a new. That's why right? the whole movie is ruined. Superstar yeah. Video is your home yeah. of tracking uh, <laughs> tracking problems. Yeah. <laughs> I was excited to like get into this though because like Russ Meyer is you know he's known for mostly like more pornographic stuff. And then, like, he started getting into more. Like, this is probably the most mainstream movie I feel like that he did. Really? Not Faster Pussycat? Ugh, Faster Pussycat? No, I think this was more mainstream. Certainly oh, made no. more money. <laughs> well, that's, I don't, that's for sure. <laughs> I don't know if you could say it's it's mainstream, but you know what? Let's let's get to the plot. We should probably figure out what this movie yeah, is about. Yeah, what is this about? Guys, it's a classic tale of. Country bumpkins go to the big city to make it big and <laughs> they lose their soul in the process. I mean, that's basically what happens, right? <laughs> Except this movie starts off with some like wizard chasing a Nazi with a sword. Uh, and then you're kind of like wondering what the hell is going on. <laughs> then it jumps into this band, right? Uh, three young girls, this guy who's the manager, uh, 
they uh, decide, hey, let's go head over to L.A. And they do that, and this guy named Z-Man discovers them and is like, hey, dude, we're going to make you famous. And that fame corrupts them, and they all make bad mistakes. It's glitter. (laughs) It's the movie Glitter. It's Josie and the Pussycats. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah, that that's it. I mean, okay, that's that's all I have to go on there. Bam! Uh, that's a soft ending on that one. Oh. That's it. We we eventually find out why you a can't... wizard is chasing a Nazi with a longsword. We do know, we do realize what that <laughs> so is. I think that's yeah. a, I believe that's a claymore from yeah. my fortune fire. Ah, yes, uh, yes. Education. <laughs> we... That's a claymore. <laughs> we find... Cody, it's a good wraparound. Cody, that's, that's a claymore. That's a claymore right there. <laughs> That's guys, what they call a claim. I when I saw when I listen when I saw Z Man, I said he looks like the kind of guy that carry around a claymore. That's yeah. what I said. I don't know about this guy. It's true. He's tiny, but I feel I like, like he's got a strong burns. arm. He's got the, the yeah. sideburns. It's the sideburns. Yeah, they call those claymore burns. Yeah. <laughs> clay burns, clay burn. That's right. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more about Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. What can I get you? Juice of grass. Oh, just a vodka and honey, I think, please. Look there. The infamous Ashley St. Ives, famous indeed for the portrayals in prettily pornographic pictures. See how she gives her body to the ritual. Delicious. <laughs> Observe in yon quiet corner, an island of tranquility in this sea of revelry. The languid Roxanne finds beauty, that delicate pinch of feminine spice with which she so often flavors her interludes. Ah, look there. Lance Rock, Greek god and part-time actor. See how well he performs? His is a special talent. The golden hair, the bedroom eyes, the firm young body. These are the tools with which he plies his trade. All are available for a price. And we're back. We're talking about Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Came out in 1970. Budget of one to two million. Roger Ebert. Huh? It has a budget of one to two million Roger Eberts. Yeah. <laughs> yep. A lot of Roger Eberts. Right, but, man, so, okay, let me just say after watching this film and then and then kind of thinking about who I know Roger Ebert as, and I That's was like... probably the same answer as all of us. What the fuck was he doing writing this? <laughs> <laughs> I think this was early in his career, yeah. and it was an opportunity to work on something that was going to potentially have some kind of major uh influence i don't know they 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 knew what they were doing with this one because russ meyer i feel like had already made vixen so and had a lot of success and it was had very much had the same like kind of themes and stuff but this is like even more like they want to add the music and all the you know like just everything that goes along with it so i don't know i think i think he knew it was going to be something a little bit special or interesting mm-hmm. all right really somebody's a fan all right <laughs> I think, yeah, I think he knew, and I think he was probably trying to get, figure out where he was going to go in his career, so he's like, fuck it, I'll write this thing, or like, you know, like, I'll I'll, I'll work with Russ Meyer. <laughs> I think, I think Roger well, Ebert has a sense of Russ humor. Meyer... It'd be cool if we had more data, what hard, was Ru- hard yeah. data on this. <laughs> what was Russ Meyer, like, <laughs> no, uh, reputation at this point? Yeah, Chris. He had success with his previous film. Like it was commercially like was successful. he was he but was he like recognized as being like a great director? Not or... a great director, yeah. but definitely a director that I think had his own style going on. They knew what they were getting when they what, hired this guy. That's what catches me up a little bit because you see Roger Ebert saw his reviews. You know, I wouldn't say he was the type of person that seemed to like bad movies. Was he <laughs> reviewing know? at this time? I don't know, but he would go on to say what he believed were good films and what weren't good films. Yeah, but if you look at his, if you look at his, what he thumbs up and doesn't, like he definitely, uh, compared to Siskel, he he definitely would rate something high if it was energy and fun. Like if you go back and watch, there's a lot of movies where I'm just like, he gave that thumbs up. Like I feel like he would just not do that, and him and Siskel would get in an argument about it. But if it's like high energy, fun, and creative, and they're trying to do something new. So I feel like he's a little bit, uh, just a touch more of like the filmmaker's critic where he can see like, okay, they were trying something cool I guess I guess and I enjoy it. If if Roger Ebert were to review Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, yeah, what I do no, you think he would have reviewed it? I have no idea what his, like, what even his like opinion on it was. I don't know if he was happy with the outcome or not. Like, you know, we could have researched that too. Chris? 
He he did other <laughs> films. He did other. I'm just looking at it right now. He did other films with Russ Meyer after this film. Yeah, so maybe he was just friends with Russ. Yeah, Meyer. I think they genuinely uh, probably enjoyed working with each other because they did go on to do other things. And and this was early. Like um, this was before he started. He had a TV show where he was reviewing films. So this was this was kind of like the early days of of Roger Ebert. I want to go back to plots with Mike real quick because this movie opens up with a wizard who's... <laughs> Before we even get into that, can I, can I say one thing? Yeah. I mean, like, fuck these credits, though, right? <laughs> was anybody oh. like, this is fucking irritating after a while? I actually don't remember. What were the credits? They were just they, in the beginning. They roll the entire it's a long... ending and credits at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. So the it's going up, I mm-hmm. think, right? Are they going up? Yeah, they're going up. They're going up. So as you're watching like this weird scene, like what's going on? Like why is this wizard here? You like can't really like, see. You past... can't really see shit yeah. because the fucking it's like all the mm. key grips and like shit. It's all being intentional. By. No, I... I understand the artistic value of it, and I, I and I and I recognized it immediately. Like, oh, this is kind of cool. But as soon as it started wearing on me, I was like, oh fuck this, man! Well, I can't was... see what's going on. It was an early thing to do to like yeah. put all the credits at the front. Like there was a lot of movies that was a, that was just the way they did it back in the day. No, 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 but that's not the point I'm trying to make. It's just like yeah. the way it clogged up the whole screen. It did, yeah. Like this is not like you know this actor and this. It wasn't like like when yeah. they just show a name. This is like the full end credit scroll, r- scroll yeah. going backwards. Mm-hmm. And like you're trying to figure out why is it, what what what's chasing this woman yeah, like what's, what's going chaos? on here? Yeah, and that, gotcha. but that's part of the mystery too because you you do get to find out you know you what it, what it is. But yeah, um, yeah. I, but I agree with you. It is kind of like off putting. <laughs> and then you know we we cut to uh, you know a dreamy guy spinning a color wheel at a high school dance while these girls are playing some fucking sick rock and roll. Yeah, we get introduced to what was what was the band's name? Uh the they what, didn't have a the name Ke- at the time. No, they, 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 they did the, the Kelly the, affair. The Kelly affair. The, yeah. Kelly, the Kelly affair. affair, but then they they get another name, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, Z-Man gives them a different name, okay, but they're okay. the Kelly affair. Yeah, Cuz Z-Man hates that he hates the Kelly affair name once they get out to, to LA, but we'll get it. they're not we're not there yet. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get there. They're they're just, you know, finishing their high school gig. Yeah, and they're they're point. rocking a mean set so far. Really, really playing along with that with that backing music for sure. Yeah, that fucking voice is you really don't believe that comes out of uh um, <laughs> is it Debbie Reed? Is that who the who did it? Yeah, is that her real voice? You talking about Dolly Do- Dolly, Dolly Reed? Reed? Yeah, yeah. Did yeah. definitely not believable of, of that voice coming out of. Well, out of it just is... sound like Janis Joplin a little bit. I. Well, it definitely had like a Joplin vibe to it yeah. for sure. I think the problem was that just the lip syncing wasn't good. Lip syncing yeah, wasn't yeah. good. At all. And she was the only one in the band that didn't seem like she actually heard the music before they yeah. were, were playing along with it. Like well, the bass player was like, "Oh, you're convincing." And the drummer was like, "Fucking right on." Dude, Pet Pet was right on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely. Agree. Yeah, Dolly Reed. Like uh, she's striking though. Like right when you uh, there's I, not I, a woman in this movie that's not striking. But as the as the main lady, you know the main uh, the main one. Like she just has these eyes that sparkle, and it's like I I could see why they. Kind of picked her, but that was kind of her only face <laughs> for a lot of <laughs> it's the movie. True. It yeah. is it's fucking so true. true, man. Yeah. Sure, her her like her range in terms of like emotional, um, um, um her ability to emote through her when face she was sings really limited. Her the worst the worst lip sync song song in the movie is when she sings the song in uh, Z Man's party. Oh yeah, that gotcha. looks fucking yeah. awful. Because her facial expressions do not move, and like there's there's parts of the song where it's like sh- this person would be. You know, mouth wide open, belting this song, and right. she's just like, like she's having a conversation. Yeah, yeah. I, she's still, you know, again, she's still the leader of this of this group, and and, yeah, and so she's allowed to look like that, Cody. I, you know, she, yeah, I think she, can, even though she doesn't have a lot of like facial range, <laughs> like, <laughs> like it, uh, it, she still works for as the leader yeah. of the band. And, I think. Anyways, these girls, this... that should have been the band name, Facial Range. Yeah, <laughs> cool ass fucking they, band uh, name. They get. <laughs> <laughs> they get done with this gig and and then decide to to go hunt down her estranged lost yeah, aunt. Yeah, I couldn't remember what triggered that. Me either. To 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 go get some money, basically. I feel like she no, just it's like let's go to L.A. Yeah, they just oh, to go to that's LA. right. They do that stupid. That that was a, that was the scene that I thought was annoying. Was like that's how they did. It, it was like we should go to L.A. Nothing but nothing but 
He's basically someone saying something negative, and then someone like twisting it to be positive. It turned into like a fucking like a it was like a bad it, spoken it word. Was it was like, like a that? bad spoken word or yeah, like a weird it. Abbott and Costello bit. It was, was like it was I stupid. thought it worked. I it thought it her, worked for this movie. It was her and Harris arguing over going to L.A. That's what. It, oh, yeah, right. I, I know, but, yeah, it, but get I, it. I know exactly what but it was. The way it was they like, did it was just like. You're like all the cool kids, all the bad twigs. Like it was just like, <laughs> it, like totally it just was. It went yeah, on for like, like a good like, two minutes. It was like a little snappy poetry. Yeah, well, this movie, twigs. would you say this movie is music heavy? I mean, it's definitely like dri- yeah. it's it's not I mean, driven necessarily. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of a fifty fifty. It's I not guess. a musical. It's not a musical, but it does involve a lot of music. So for me, it just are it just automatically worked because it was like this rhythmic like way of kind of getting a point across. So this is what I'm talking about. Like Roger Ebert was the writer. I feel like there was some intelligence to the, what he was doing. Uh, there. Uh, uh, no, I, what? No, really? No? You don't think there was any intelligence of what no, he was no, doing? No, I'm not saying, well, that's, no, no, that, that's a bold statement I, saying any. I'm not saying, I'm not, no, no, <laughs> I'm not saying that, that there wasn't intelligence to what they were doing. I don't know if they were necessarily successful at achieving all of that stuff. Okay. Well, that doesn't mean that they weren't, they didn't have a, a thought, you know. like a plan out. Because like, some of that I shit, was, so much stuff comes out of fucking nowhere that makes no sense, like script wise in this movie, that it catches you off guard a lot of the time. Yeah, I, I would say like whether whether it comes down to something from writing or whether it comes down to just what what happened in the editing room, I will definitely I will back back a bold statement he said, which is like the intelligence in the execution was lacking in some portion here. Yeah, definitely. Because there, yeah, to Cody's point, there are scenes where they just happen. Um, it's like, it, we kind of were talking about this about, um, briefly about, uh, the black cauldron where it's like, you have these characters that just kind of like, just things happen. Yeah. They just oh, yeah. happen to everyone. And it's like, yeah. and it's all these oddly create these individually. That's what it is. They're individually created story arcs and stories that are haphazardly stitched together yeah. around the central character oh, of like Z-Man. Definitely. And it's just like, Dude. so from like being like, okay, intelligent, is it? Is it intelligent? Is it a lack of intelligence in writing or a lack of intelligence in the editing room that wasn't able to bring those worlds there's, together? There's one specific story that I have in mind that kind of proves that point, but we're not there yet. Okay. Uh, but I mean, I feel like I should just talk about it anyway. It's just, Go ahead. <laughs> okay. just whatever, dude. Okay. Build sure. it up. Build but, it up. But it's the it's the whole it's Casey's whole story about her and the like the whole the, thing between her and Harris. Like she Harris goes over to her house. They do drugs. They, I believe they end up having sex. Yeah. They don't really know because it's the only sex scene not shown in this fucking true, movie. It's true. <laughs> only one. And just out of nowhere, though, like you, because you think they're both cool with it, but out of nowhere, she wakes up and then just starts accusing him of rape. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, what the fuck? Yeah, it was hard for me as an audience to be like, what a piece of shit, because I'm like, I have no idea what even happened. happened he, showed, yeah. he showed up depressed, his face was battered in and bleeding, and he had a drink, and then and then it just cuts to, you fucking asshole, and it's just like... You're just like the rest of them! I'm like, yeah. what you guys, happened you guys are both well, we haven't really... In. Yeah, I feel, this is all, like, that's true. You get that feeling, like, why is she accusing him? I think... But then, it, I, I they, think... then I feel like they, they wrote in, like, a whole bunch of backstory just to explain that shit. And that's where I feel like the tele- the intelligent design is not. It there. almost it almost you know what if they, you know what that that whole portion felt like it felt like if if you went into filming this movie with like you know the script was eh, like it was just bullet pointed ideas and it was like we'll write the backstory as we film like it was filmed chronologically yeah. and they were like oh shit we didn't explain that shit all right and see I, I think that's what it was too I think that like for some reason this film feels as a whole even not even just this one scene but yeah. that's a great example of it is like it feels like it was more like I want to capture this I like this this, this feeling this, yes. yes here and I want to capture it here I want to capture it here I want to capture it here and it's like okay how do we get from here to here I don't know, write something <laughs> We just uh, right, like, rich, I didn't rich cut aunt. to a montage. Yeah. Cut to a montage of something, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Then we spin into the scene. Yeah, it's, it's like, like the big ideas came first, and then all the smaller ideas followed. Yeah, like yeah. maybe yes, yeah, like, six I, months after so they were the ideas. I think this has a lot to do with the, the editing of this movie and the way that it's edited. Because you're right, like the, it, it'll just jump from something yes. like hard right into the middle of something else. There's a lot of like intercutting, yeah. like I guess previous scenes or future scenes, like I- into certain things. It's it's very what, chaotic what, editing. What's weird about it too is like 
the editing, t- there's no consistency in that, what you're describing. No, right. No. Like, the editing doesn't follow this consistent path of confusion. It actually gets progressively worse as the movie goes on mm. because you feel like, you feel like, the first half of the movie is like they spend a little more time on the cuts and the edits to kind of build this build this character arc, this story, and build this troop that we're going to follow. Mm-hmm. And then as we get close to the end, it's almost like it's a mad dash to the finish line. It's like, oh, fuck, we didn't, we didn't cut back to this one. All right, throw that one in really quick. All right, let's tie up. Let's tie up, you know, this this – this weird arc going on with this couple here. Yeah. Let's shoot back over here, and it like the thing is, it got faster as it got to so the end. I have an I have a thought. Okay, this movie is supposed to be showcasing sex, and Russ Meyer even went on to say he was wanted to put more sex in this movie, but there wasn't enough time because they were the studios were trying to like rush him to get it out. So it's like, so do you think like the exploration of all these characters and them all needing these separate side stories was also a catalyst to try to shoe in as many sex scenes as possible. No, no. here's, I guess. Okay. Someone can take that. I would say here's my disagreement with it. No, because I, I would kind of piggybacking off what Kyle was saying on his last point of the first half of this film is a very much a slow burn where I almost feel like it's a character piece where I thought this is, I honestly thought it was a straight up going to be like a straight up drama yeah. with the way that these characters were going. Cause it literally goes from like, like not wholesome, but you're like these, you know, they're just normal kids to, to, to total fucking yeah. weird, like LA corruption. Yeah. Like well, CDA ass fucking they people. They were thrown into stardom pretty much. They got dumped in the lap of a famous, you know, LA music producer, like basically. And he is now like tearing them away from their manager. You know, the, the, the age old tale, and uh, there's, you know, and then the lead is getting more famous and going she, off with, she like... She jumps into that, head, like, head first. You though. know, I, and that was the thing that I... I and maybe maybe it was that because I made assumptions about her as a character, but I felt yeah. like from what I had learned, what, what I had briefly learned about her up until that point, and then seeing her just immediately be like, yeah, fuck y'all. I'm jumping into this. It just seemed like a weird character turn turn for her. Yeah. Like her other friends seemed more grounded in reality. Like they stayed in the arc that was created in the first chunk of the film. Yeah. And they lived in that arc. Except again, I mean, I guess Casey's is Casey's just the quiet one. She was the quiet one. Her story is, I think about, I mean, am I I wrong in thinking about it's about her being a lesbian? Yeah. Is that what it is? I think that's what her story is about. Her story is about, Kind and of like be, being like re, re, realizing that and learning that or kind yeah. of coming coming to, to terms with that. Mm, I feel like maybe a man mistreated her and she's maybe scarred by that. And then so she tries the lesbian thing like in the in the film. I I, I, I get the ends I, on the lesbian thing. Well, yeah. like, she's she, just a lesbian she's like, the whole thing. I feel like when she's actually in her like purest and happiest because state is after she is she, like. Kind of met someone okay. because it's, it, like just to go off Casey's story too is like again she has one of the weirdest ones but she goes to that party she meets that girl she leaves I think because she I think she leaves because she has feelings for her and she feels weird about that so she just goes home and apparently is just doing drown downers and drowning her sorrows because she disappears right. throughout a good third of the film yep. yeah until Harris shows up at her doorstep so. I feel like that's what it was kind of saying was like she was dealing with yeah. her her sexuality and trying mm-hmm. and figuring out where that it, like she's going to. I think I think that I think the I think the problem that we're having is you have a director who who is solely focused. Well, not solely. I don't want to make that broad, brush that broad of a stroke, but it's someone who's definitely more focused on getting sex scenes into a film, mixed with I think a writer who is trying to make a character piece. Mm-hmm. I- Guys, I don't know, man. Can I be honest with you? Like, right off from the get-go, I knew that this was going to go that way. Like, the characters at the beginning, right right when they're in the van after the the band, the high school thing, they basically give total clues as to, like, their character choices Mm -hmm. later on. Like, you can tell immediately that, um, is it Marsha? Petronella? Pet? Pet? Yeah, Pet, right? The drummer? Yeah. That she's, like, super into drugs. Like, She's she's always constantly looking for a joint. She's always constantly doing this. And Casey gets mad because the Harris and Kelly are having sex. Yeah, they're always the making thing. it. They're always and making she's like kind of irritated by it. Like, and I yeah. I knew immediately. I was like, okay, either like Casey's somewhat kind of in love with Kelly a little bit. There's something going on here because why she's so infuriated by this. 
And this other one just wants to find out where her next fix is. She seems very impulsive. So, like, when they go on and go make those those choices in their life, it didn't come to a surprise to me. I was just like, oh, okay, they're just fulfilling. They're showing how this the the city of L.A. like this fame has like taken their negative aspects and kind of like Mon- allowed them monster. to really have free range to explore them in yeah. any way they choose to do it. That's interesting. I didn't get that. Like Pet was like, I didn't get that she was. I didn't. Like, get, yeah, I didn't pick up that. Like with a, Pet. A, she was like looking for the next fix. But really, yeah. she, like right when she's in the thing, all she wants to do is smoke smoke weed. Like it's like immediate. Like I get. I guess oh, for weed? me, okay, as for I'm me, I'm watching. I'm now. watching. Like, and I'm like, oh, it's like a seventies movie. Okay. So. Oh my god, dude! It's just like a dialogue film. Like, <laughs> it wasn't so much that it's just like I got the impression of her impulsiveness like she's always gotcha. looking for the next big excitement thing to well, do well that kind of makes sense with what she ends up doing right you know later on in the film so if she is impulsive in that way yeah for sure her emotions maybe get mm-hmm. to her um yeah, and then Harris. I mean, we haven't really talked too much about Harris, Harris yet. Is the, yeah he's the he's the band manager and he's mm-hmm. in love with He's either in love or gay. I can't. I mean, no, he's he's, <laughs> he, he's in he's in love. He's no, to- I know. He totally it's a weird. Is. It's a weird fucking plot point in this movie. They, yeah, it's, it's, I just it's definitely don't one that I don't feel understand. was executed very well. We'll get to it a little bit later. We can but, get to it now. I okay. guess we're here. I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> okay, uh, forty minutes, guys. So yeah. Harris seemingly <laughs> is in love with Kelly. They are going out. Their yep. boyfriend and girlfriend. Once they get into L.A., They'd Kelly stops. seems to like do like. And this, I don't know if maybe this is a sign of the times and this was understood or something like that, but it, she's very much entranced with the whole free love thing. Yeah. And to the point where I don't think she ever really sees her sleeping with anybody else in LA as being cheating yeah. on Harris. Think, like it almost seemed like they never even had a breakup, really. I right. Think, it's no, just he gets think, kind of in, gets mad, uh, goes, has sex with another woman. And then, um, well, getting to this point about, you know, whether or not he's gay or not, eventually this woman dumps him and calls him gay, uh, and yes. he runs off to Casey, and he's like really, really super sad about it. And he's yeah, but, questioning but, if he's he when he's talking to Casey, he is questioning his sexuality to her, which is a weird thing that he's questioning his sexuality to her when she's also questioning her own sexuality. Yeah, but I th- mm. feel like the stuff with Harris was a, yeah. a. I think the thing that the where the the porn star that he was having sex with just said it to be kind of a mean, hurtful thing. And then he's basically, because she set, throws it at him and the fact that the girl that he's in love with doesn't share the same monogamous ideas that he does, now he's like questioning, he's like, wait, wait, am I, yeah, is that, it, it, does she know this or something? And that's why, you know, that's like that's the kind but of vibe I got from the him. The sad thing about this is the way that that ends, it like just, it he wasn't either. He was just like massively homophobic. Yeah, because he ends up having sex with his friend. Yeah, uh, just to, I, what I took it as to prove to himself that he was not gay. Maybe so. I mean, sure, they were like he was drunk, and I think she was high. But... Yeah, I think they were both fucked up and sad, and then yeah, they but just hold on, up. but I, but I mean, we we learn later on that he had sex with her when she was asleep, so he. Definitely. Well, that's where that's, raped her. Her dialogue is so weird in that scene. So. It, I, I mean, it goes later. Casey's story goes on later on that 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 and and Harris's story intertwined where Harris tries to fucking kill himself. I don't yes. know. Cool scene, by the way. I think I actually, it's out of nowhere that Harris is, well, is like truly the build. character that's like just can't handle the L.A. scene and it completely cripples, <laughs> yeah. cripples and kills him. Yeah, he, I mean, he he basically tries to kill himself in front of the fucking band. Yeah, yeah live on Seeing TV. a song yeah. for him live on yeah. TV. Great scene, by the way. That's one of my favorite scenes in this movie. Um, which is weird to say because it's a guy trying to kill himself, but the way the 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 guy who's running the TV show reacts with like having the not turning like having them. Oh yeah, they want the ratings. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, but I don't know. That that was one thing that I didn't buy. <laughs> that no, they would just, allow was, that. Yeah, that, I, 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 no. I don't. This is not like this is like. This is not 2019, guys. Yeah, this Come is like a, no, no, no. What I what I mean is like God, it's it's a tough. daytime like not a daytime, but it's like a like a late night show, right? Like I, I saw it as a wholesome family yeah. show, and this guy's like, "We gotta get the ratings." I'm like, "This isn't 1992. Show dead this bodies. Like, show dead bodies." Like it felt like natural born killers at that point. And I'm yeah. like, "This, this film took uh, a clearly. Turn. This, well, it this does, is a comedy. Well, no, I mean, okay, yeah, yeah. It I does, mean. it does weird things too because so then we, we find out basically that Harris got Casey pregnant, and Casey's like defending Harris to her lesbian lover. Uh, and why she wants to keep the baby. 
basically, because it might be the only, you know, living thing yeah. left of Harris, because Harris might not make it through this. And then she's saying, yeah, but, you know, he raped you, blah, blah. And, she, and then she starts like, well, I don't know. Who knows what happened? I was on drugs. He was drunk. Like, they kind of bring it back to where you don't hate Harris. Well, the thing is, is like, like they, they're I, trying to. Like, no, they're like, oh, I feel fuck, like we made a mistake, but call him a rapist. They never wrapped it up, I feel like. Because, like, the thing is, is like. Her they, dialogue also, in when, when she's being questioned about the baby and keeping the baby, makes it seem like she's not sure what happened either. Exactly. And, and she just a, a, accused him. Exactly. Yeah, it, it did kind it's of very fe- weird. It did kind of feel like that, but... Um, I don't know. It was a weird fucking line. The, the, problem, the, the problem, whole scene the is weird because you this... have... The, she's also being talked into an abortion that yeah, she clearly it, doesn't want to have. Dude, there's so many moments in this film where I felt like all they were trying to do was like... Like anything that was controversial in the seventies got shoehorned into this fucking movie. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, the abortion, abortion, the abortion like scene this, too is uh, fucking weird too. Because yeah. like, as soon as she sees the stirrup, she's like, lets out this blood curling scream like it's a fucking slasher yeah. movie, and yeah. then she and you're goes like, through with it. <laughs> okay, what the fuck is this trying yeah, to say? And then it cuts to them like out in the, in the fucking in a meadow, national forest, and she's <laughs> laying on a tree, and yeah, they're, they're, just la- like, they're laying under El Good Capitan. Decision. <laughs> Great decision we just made. Like I just did. Yeah, I didn't understand. It was really that was weird. the part where I just didn't understand what they were trying to do. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. that's where, like especially with Casey's story, there's parts of this movie that are so disjointed. Like the ones who makes the most sense to me. Especially with the perspective that you put it, is pets. Like pet's story of like falling in love, meeting this waiter who's also in law school, falling in love with him, but then getting caught up in the flash of this like heavyweight boxer and sleeping yep. with making a mistake, sleeping with him, getting caught, but still being in love with you know like that was like a real fucking story. Yeah, yeah. that was the best fleshed was out and completed story in the in this entire and film. And just the scenes were great too. Just with like that boxer dude was fucking scared when he comes back into the apartment. Yeah, yeah. fucking part freaked yeah. me out. I don't like right? that shit. It makes you feel uncomfortable. Oh my god, the whole thing. Is, you're like, what is he gonna do? Dude, what's he gonna do? He's the a heavyweight, heavyweight champion. champion of the world. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. already hit him with a car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it was, and he was, and he's such a likable character, even as even as a lawyer. Emerson, you're talking about? Yes. Yeah, he is. He, he he. You know, there was some good acting in this movie. Like, regardless of like the, the most of it is like amateur. You know, but yeah. But there was some like that, like I thought Pet and Emerson were like the some of the stronger actors in the film. Oh, I agree with that 100. Yeah. I thought Pet was easily the the best of the three. Yeah. in the band, she was great. Right, I liked. Uh, um, uh, he, I mean, he played his part fantastic. Lance Rock, Lance Rock, yeah, dude, what a, that character was fucking evil as shit from the get go, but also somewhat likable just because he played that. I feel like he played it so well. That's why I liked mm-hmm. him. I was like. I believe you're this dickhead dude who just wants money, who's going from which woman to which woman, using his body to get what he wants, and mm-hmm. like does that. Didn't see the end coming, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think anybody saw that end coming. Yeah. Porter Hall, I thought was really good too. Yeah, that was a weird story too because I didn't. And this is another thing too. I didn't understand um, why Kelly slept with him. Yeah, like this is, this <laughs> yeah. is again one of those things where I kind of felt like what we were talking about, where it was just like, all right, now we got to connect this scene. With this scene, right? What does she do? Well, she's gonna seduce him, and I'm the whole time I'm thinking, why? He was just about to give you the money. I feel like that weakened her character for me. It that, just didn't make yeah. any sense. There the, was no motivation behind no, it. No, and yeah, it didn't do anything for her, did it? Didn't like it didn't like lock him into something. No, yeah. it didn't. It, did, it, it, it I thought she was gonna use it maybe as this is some sort of like you know it's a power move. Now yeah. I've got something over Black you. But male. he no. basically kind well, of kind vanishes of from to, the movie. She after does that. say yeah. that she does try to use it as that. Yeah, but like. No one cares so? at that point. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny. The reaction, everyone's just like, oh. Well, yeah. okay. That's the other, well, let's talk about the other out of fucking left field uh, thing that happened out of nowhere. So we haven't talked much about Aunt Susan, who yeah. is also the same age as her main character. <laughs> yeah. Um, but her odd fucking love story where Baxter oh, just yeah. comes back yeah. out of nowhere. We're Baxter comes to... back. Really important. Yeah. And, and we're just <laughs> supposed to know who Baxter Dude, there's is. so many moments in this movie that feel like a ridiculous scene from like a sitcom. All of a sudden, like Baxter walks in, and then he's from like five seasons and ago, and just... he, now he's back five years later. And all that leaves like, his fiance. Like, yeah, walks it, in with his te- fiance. Technically, I'm engaged, but fuck it. Walks in with his fiance, <laughs> leaves without her. Yeah, yeah. 
I think the fiance just ends up at the bar. The rule is don't go to a Z-Man party. That's oh, yeah, that's, that's like if there's anything I gotta take rule. away from this, it's like, you know, stay if you go to a Z-Man party, just stay on the outskirts and just watch. Just watch <laughs> from afar. We haven't yeah. talked about Z-Man. Let's talk about Z-Man. So Z-Man is the hip producer who um He's kind of like the main protagonist. He's awesome. kind of the circle, he's like the yeah, center of all of, this. He kind of kind of ties all of it together yeah. and he's he steals um steals the girls away and renames the band from from Harris and uh but he also talks Shakespearean. Yeah. Always talks in like pentameter, I guess, but I mean I didn't count. He's got like a Frankenfurter sure. vibe to it. He him. does. And yeah. like they like he his character's motivation's a little weird, I thought. Mm-hmm. Like there are times where you think like, oh, this guy's an asshole, and then he goes right to like, oh, he seems like he's a all right, decent dude. Yeah, and then mm. he goes back to being an asshole. Like he, yeah. he kind of goes back for you. Don't know what to think of him. For I a thought long mostly time. a dick all the time. Mostly like. a dick, but like <laughs> there's that scene where um uh, uh Lance uh starts a fight with Harris, and then like Z Man comes up to him and kind of like scolds him about it. Like, well, you you know you slept uh. with her and that was her boyfriend. Did you really have to go do that? Like, why the fuck does Z Man give a shit? He's yeah, it's yeah. A, like it was, it was a weird thing where I was like, "Z actually." It's almost like Z Man. It's almost like Z Man like likes the theatrics of everything yeah. and being mm-hmm. the center of everything. But like, he's able to take a step back and be like, "Dude, what the fuck? Like, why would you do that?" I don't know. And like, man. snap out of that character. I don't think. But then he went back into it yeah, immediately afterwards. I was, I was very I confused by his character. I see him as a master manipulator, and he's always trying to manipulate. The yeah, people that he's the he's end. With. Uh, the, the end definitely suggests that he's not a master manipulator or in control of his faculties so, in any weird way. Yeah, let's start. Let's start talking. Let's start talking about the end here because we're getting we're well. Getting, it ties into Z Man, so this yeah, is, yeah. is perfect. It's perfect to get into because best I'll, best best character arc in the film. I'll tell you what. Since uh, <laughs> Sansa, what's the, the fucking Canadian one? The metal Canadian one. We what? Did? What? 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 The, you say? Sansa. The, no, Sansa Stark. Sense. The metal Canadian movie that we did with the fucking also ending out of nowhere. The metal Canadian oh, movie. Uh, Thor. Thor, yeah. You're, with, uh, um, what was that movie called? Uh, with, uh, Avengers the, of Babysitting? The, no, the metal band that went to the cabin and the devil and it turned out he was the angel. Oh, oh, oh God my God. It. Rock and Roll Nightmare. Rock, right. Nightmare. Rock and Roll Nightmare. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> Since uh, Rock and Roll Nightmare, I have not been thrown off by an ending and like that much like like this one threw me off because I did not again really I don't know dude really were you expecting boobs dude <laughs> I was hold, not expecting hold on uh, hold, yeah. on, hold <laughs> on hold on I'm going to say this rock and roll nightmare still has the most unexpected ending for me ever. I agree I agree this movie I feel like would have been more shocking and more like whatever if I had not seen sleepaway camp. When I was uh, younger, like <laughs> Sleepaway Camp did that gender flip, like oh, it's actually been a boy this whole time type thing. Whereas Rock and Roll Nightmare was like, what the fuck are you talking yeah, about? If I've... he ended up being like an alien or something, I might agree with you. But <laughs> yeah. he's just a regular dude that's I, just I been know, pretending man. he was a guy this whole time. Yeah, but also, but there's <laughs> layers to that. He's been a guy this whole well, time. I mean, there's that's layers the to this. Okay, there's layers to this. Yeah. Like, it's not just that he is pretending he is a guy and he's actually a woman, which is kind of uncommon. It's also that he rips his tits out, which are very strange looking. Yeah, they're just small like tits. Look, look, look. No, they look bizarre. They're, no, he's talking weird. about there. There are scenes where they definitely put a prosthetic on him. Yes. Right. Yeah, but everything else close up is a real breast, Chris. So what? Yeah, basically, what happens is is at the end of this movie, <laughs> at the end of this movie, Z Man, Z Man decides he's going to uh, throw a real exclusive party. He invites everybody over. And they drink wine and peyote, and they start tripping and having sex. Yeah. Uh, and Z-Man wants everybody to call him Superwoman at this point, and mm-hmm. and then uh, oh, he gives everyone costumes. costumes yeah. yeah, he tries to have he tries to have sex with Lance Rock, but Lance Rock is not having it, and and he's like, dude, because he, he's just not into dudes. And I think Lance Rock is being pretty goddamn polite for how strong <laughs> I think Superwoman's he. I, I, I honestly on. think he's being very polite given the entire circumstances of the situation. He took the peyote. He took what looked like magic mushrooms. He did all this stuff just to, you know, play, play, play along. And he's been an along. asshole pretty, pretty much throughout yeah, this movie. This was, it was funny. I like thought to myself, I was, like, I was like, wow, he's being really, like, nice in this scene. And he is the biggest dick in this film so far. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't try to, he doesn't get offended by... Uh, no, any of man coming on uh, to him. Uh, he's just more or less like like knock it off. He's like, come on, yeah, man. yeah, like not right now. Like, I, like, like you'll 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 sleep this off. 
Yeah, well, what's uh, what, what's funny is I almost thought like this that like Z-Man in this in, in this interaction between him and Z-Man it was almost like wow I feel I think Z-Man's like this guy's legit only real friend and like that's why he's like being a little more calm and chill about the whole thing. Well, well like but keep in mind they just got into a fight like the scene before this like he decks Z-Man out. No, not before mm-hmm. he puts his no. hand down his pants when they're in bed. No, no, no. Yeah, there is. There's a scene where he he ridicules him about the the boyfriend. Oh, well, and that, Lance that, and him get into a fight, and Lance yeah. decks him. Yeah, but okay, so what? That, like that a, explains the character turn. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, is like I don't think you, I don't think they have a scene between that. I think this is like no, in a weird way, like that. I think it's. Well, I guess what I'm trying to say is, it says something about their relationship. If Z-Man could just call him up after they've had like a fist fight again and be like, "Come on down," I and feel, like, I feel right, like you're Z-Man. you're 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 kind of supporting what I'm saying. It's like they feel like they're the only characters who are actual friends because they like. Get into like a brawl and be like, "You cool? Yeah, you want to come hang out? Okay, cool." Yeah, I'm we'll sorry, it. I didn't mean to make it. Although like I think Z-Man has just you. wanted to maybe get hook up with Lance for a long time. And yeah, like, absolutely. He's, so he's... I, I mean, I think so, but like, there, I, I get the impression that they've known each other for a long time. Mm. And I think yeah. they specifically have known each other for a long time because Z-Man's into him. So and it's someone to keep around. Superwoman can't take this rejection of not being called. Yeah, I'm Super- sorry. I'm sorry. Superwoman. Yeah. Superwoman. At this point, he it, Z-Man has switched to Superwoman and is not breaking character. Hell no. Refuses. Yes. yes and. And also comes out of like nowhere of like really. I'm like, man, he's really refusing to break like this character, the mm-hmm. Superwoman thing. Like, well, they're really. And goes on this like weird rant monologue. Mm hmm. And then uh, happens quite a bit in this yeah, movie. <laughs> and then grabs a sword and rips his boobs out. <laughs> <laughs> and then you find out that Z-Man's been a, a woman the whole well, time. I, yeah. that's I guess al- that's yeah. also what I question. What they though, were trying to say, or because they call him a him after that though too. After the boobs are out, they still continue to call him a him. So I don't know if he's if they're well, saying he's transsexual or if they're saying no, it's an I actual think, woman. I, I think that's a, a a woman that is like. Who's been like identifying or pretending to be a man? This whole time. And keep in mind, this is the seventies. Like, this yeah. isn't like today, where it's no, it's it's, it's yeah, accepted. They, they wouldn't, they wouldn't immediately no, to a yeah. degree. Like, okay, we understand. They wouldn't adjust. They just, wouldn't adjust accordingly in the seventies as they would no, now. I guess. Yeah, I mean, no, t- I, I, <laughs> no, I agree with that one hundred percent. What I'm saying is, is like, I think that's what they were trying to say, though. I, I don't I, think they were trying to say anything because again, it's the seventies. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think they're trying to say whatever they're trying to say in the best way they can in their weird seventies minds at this moment. I honestly feel Point, like I do think they're trying to make. They're they're definitely blending gender here. Yes. And they're playing with that. And I guess, in a way, even when I watched this, I was like, it's pretty revolutionary a little bit for for its thing. But they're not really... It's they're not doing it in a woke way. See, that's what I'm gonna <laughs> say. Like, way. here's the thing I'm gonna say is like, sure they might that you, uh, from yeah. the outside looking in or from 2019 looking in, and you're like, oh wow, pretty revolutionary. But I feel like this is shock value through yeah, and through, they're man. Not, oh, they're yeah. not doing there it in, nothing, in the right yeah. way at all. Or they're trying to like this like, will this will be like good, interesting commentary. It's like you know to be shocking. On, yeah, Z-Man has tits. It, I, it does turn into like the fucking crying game scene. <laughs> Yeah, and like it's a big like oh man what a shocking thing yeah. nowadays it'd be like all right like fucking. but then he <laughs> then he just fucking chops Lance Rock's heads off oh head yeah off heads off yeah both of them he does. I was thinking I was thinking the whole time when he grabbed that 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 sword I said I was saying that's not battle ready that's not a battle ready yeah, sword yeah where would he get a battle ready sword no where would he get Wrong. a battle no ready but sword? then I thought Z man he's got money of course he's got a battle ready I love the Claymore. anticipation of it though like I like he's jumping around the room and shit like that and I'm like and you know just like knock it off knock it off I'm like alright no you're gonna fucking get it dude like you're about yeah, to well, get how it how did hog tie him though like that's not to explain it's just he's just hog tie um, doesn't he he knocks him out when they're in the bed yeah yeah he knocks him out and then he wakes he, up he comes to hog tied mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. so the bigger question is how do you get him from the bed to the living room he's gotta move that guy's a psycho. He can move. He's got no, psychos can do crazy things. He has that, psycho strength. At this that point, Lance guy looked fucking also, heavy. Also, yeah. at this point, we forgot to mention he has his his Nazi sidekick. We forgot to mention his oh, Nazi the bar- sidekick. Yeah, the bartender throughout the film who's for the for the for the duration of this party will be playing the role of a Nazi. Yeah. Well, wait a second. I, I was under the impression that he as his employer, Z Man made him dress up as a Ob- Nazi just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Obviously, okay, that's what I, I just said. Oh no, no, I just wanted to make sure that we, we weren't insinu- was he actually I said, a Nazi? No, I said the okay. bartender throughout the film for the duration of this party is playing the role of a Nazi. Right. That's what I just said. Right, but uh, what I'm asking is... No, he's not a Nazi. He's a bartender who's he's getting just doing paid what to his do. Job. Okay. He's getting right. paid whatever right. his He's boss just like, whatever my boss asks whims me to do. Are. Okay. Yeah. That poor guy just gets murdered on the fucking beach. Oh, dude. Yeah. Hard. Yep, stabbed up. 
<laughs> Thanks, Chris. Well, that's where we're up at. from Chris. This guy's wielding a sword. <laughs> he hacks off a guy's head and then goes fucking crazy. Well, and dude, and I'll bartender catches it, and, and Super, so does um uh, Casey. I was really well, they sh- get killed I was, a different way. I was really shocked with how fucking super. <laughs> Superwoman just fucking wrecks shit. Yeah, after he goes and kills him with a claymore, he goes and gets a gun and just starts fucking shooting people. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. So yeah, so he lobs off fucking Lance's head. Casey's standing in the doorway. She sees it. She screams and runs. Then Nazi bartender comes in. He sees it. He screams and runs. And now basically they're both booking it towards the beach. And Casey oh. ducks into a beach house while the the Nazi guy gets it. And then, yeah, Z-Man goes back to the house, grabs a fucking gun, and then just shoves that gun into Casey's girlfriend's, or lover's, fucking mouth, which is a terrifying scene. Because in the beginning of the movie, I was waiting, because, again, we're replaying the scene we already seen before. In the beginning of the movie, I was just waiting for that gunshot, and now that it was about to happen, I was like, okay, I want to see what, like, are they going to, like, hold on it or not? And they cut away, but they cut away a little... They let the 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 special effect happen a little bit, which was really I thought it was gross looking because yeah. like just like a gallon of blood just rockets out of her mouth and nose together, just like it's yeah. like oh shit, that was good. It was it was effective. fucking great, great. great I, I actually thought the scene was like pretty fucking frightening because I mean I don't know if you you have, but I've seen people have bad trips before. Not and like, they like get, this, right, right, right. <laughs> like you, they, but have you ever get, seen a guy have a bad trip and they're they're saying and doing things where you're like, ooh, like this could go bad. Yeah. Like, but yeah. you're there and you're like I trying have. to walk them through it. Yeah. And like this was uh, that nightmare come to life. Like that that person, <laughs> it's like that shit you like, like maybe you read on Reddit or something like that where it's like, there's a story about a guy in South Dakota, like he took a bunch of shrooms with a guy and uh, he ended up like ripping out his heart uh, and <sighs> eating it. Wow. And he woke up and he didn't even remember it. It's like the scary, like like these scary stories that are probably not true that are meant to scare the shit out of you. Yeah. Like this one felt like a, like, cause you're watching this guy Mm -hmm. and you're like, you don't know at first. Is he going to kill like Lance with Mm -hmm. the sword? Right. Or is he just fucking around? Is he just being a weirdo? And then when he does it, you're like, oh, fuck. Yep. Oh fuck! And then he gets a gun. And you're like, oh fuck! No, he's not. Gonna, gonna, you know, you know all I'm saying is this is this is why I I don't have a desire to try peyote. Like a, a 10, 12 hour trip. That's just too eh, long. It's just exhausting. That's just too long to, <laughs> yeah, to not. Want, yeah, not, not, you got to come back to come back. Down I think you'll be Earth. able to come back to reality sooner yeah. than that. I think it's a long time. This end scene. <laughs> this end scene was not even written in the original script. It was, but it was. Which part of it? This whole end part where he, the party he hauls off and the kills party. all these people and and is a woman. It, it was it was uh, written because the Manson murders had just happened. Well, I totally saw that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was yeah. so it was influenced by by that. Uh, I don't even think they had all the details great, at the time about what was going hold on. on so. Because what's great about this end scene, and I definitely don't want us to not touch on it. Uh, Casey realizes what the fuck is going on. Thank you for bringing this up. This is just and what I was about to bring up. And she calls her friends. The worst decision ever. And at this point in the film, Harris, who attempted to kill himself earlier, he is now recovered. He's now in a wheelchair because he's paraplegic. He's, he's paraplegic, or not, I don't know if it's paraplegic. He's, he's fucking like he's in a wheelchair. He's, he's in a wheelchair. He's he's in a wheelchair. He can't walk. He can't walk. Yeah. He probably won't walk ever again. Whatever. <laughs> we don't know. So, there, <laughs> so okay. that's yeah. what the doctors say. They Does say, he say pro- that? yeah, he might not walk again. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah Such they're they're playing thing. they're playing a friendly game, a board game. Uh and then <laughs> there's the funniest scene of the world, which is which is Harris trying to like he almost like he's the leader of the pack. He's like, we gotta go. And he's like <laughs> Just him trying to get his Russell, his goddamn wheelchair, tell you what it out becomes, of the car. It becomes a slapsticky I, uh, fucking scene. I want to say that, like, when I started watching, it, I was like, "This is the worst episode of Scooby Doo I've ever <laughs> fucking seen." Because they get in a big right? van. Yeah, <laughs> no. it's like, let's go get him. <laughs> I just, it was, it blew my mind because she's like. Even Casey's like, call the cops right away. And Harris is like, we got to go. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you're in a wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, how long is it going to take for everybody to get situated? Like, get him in the car, <laughs> yeah. drive all the way over there, like, then get out of the car, see what's going on. Like, call the cops also while you're on your way, before you're on their way. That's there. the part that I thought was funny because it was like the reality situation coupled with the fast paced music of the scene. It was yeah. like they're all rushing on the car and it's just like, 
All right, we got to get Harris down these steps. All right, let's help him into the car. Okay, put his wheelchair in the car next to him. All right, seatbelts, everyone. Seatbelts, okay. Check and the mirrors. Go, go. Let me check the mirrors. They get ten the- and two. <laughs> ten and two. Let me check this. Uh, this blinker's but working. Then, but then and- when they when they get to the house, they all they all book it out of the car, just leaving Harris behind. And like that was that. Then that that became sad because he like fell out of the car. And he's trying to get his goddamn wheelchair out of the car so he can help. And then as soon as he gets to the door, they all come barreling out on top of him. <laughs> knocking. It was like the what most. What a calamity. Dude, it was. It, this movie has so many parts in it. And this is one of the big ones where it's just like it becomes like this slapsticky sitcom nightmare. Yeah, but the ending, the ending, ending is is really great. Where it's like you know Harris is, is getting, getting the ability to walk again. After oh they, yeah, after they kill the <laughs> bad they guy, kill yeah. his toe starts to wiggle, yeah. and well, it's like oh, okay. I don't want to forget it, it, the the one scene that actually really like shocked me and fucking made me feel super bad is Casey gets shot in the head. Oh, oh yeah. man, and yeah. I was like, no, yeah. <laughs> I was like verbally I thought like, for sure oh, she'd no. get out of it. Yeah. Me too. I thought she was gonna make it too, but yeah, no happy ending for her. No, yeah, that sucks. And then sucks. I liked her a lot the too. En- then they just do really. Then they have a, a the lot weirdest, of endings. Yeah. Weirdest things I think I've ever seen in a movie where it's, it just like goes to each character and literally tells you the lesson that yeah, they learned this weird voiceover in the movie. And epilogue. I don't, yeah, the yeah, epilogue. I don't necessarily agree with it, but... <laughs> I don't not agree with it. I think that it's kind of there's, interesting. There's definitely... There <laughs> and were, Susan there were, was too nice. Dude, there, were, there, there was... Okay, so there was a few characters who was like, okay, cool, you nailed it. And then there was a few characters who was like, man, you're fucking digging for something to say about this person, <laughs> man. Jesus. Like, whatever you said doesn't apply. Something about the excess in this movie all around, I don't mind. Like, they always seem to hammer hammer it a little too hard. Like, again, going mm. back to, like, the descriptions of California, you know, in L.A., like, down to this end scene where it's, yeah, just listing off these people and the lessons that they learned. Yeah. I don't know. It just all felt like, okay, like, this was, like, uh, part of this movie. And, it- and I enjoyed it for that aspect. It felt a little bit like a, uh, I don't know, like a student, uh, like, educational movie. Yeah. You know? Like, you know, one that's trying to teach you, like, not to have sex or mm-hmm. do drugs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt like it was shot in that kind of fashion. Mm-hmm. Where, like, at the end, there was, like, and Billy learned this day that yeah yeah drugs aren't right. I know you yeah. saw a movie with uh, sex and drugs and yeah. rock and roll, but there's a moral here for everyone. <laughs> <Just> a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Definitely. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll rate this mammer jammer. We will be right back. What are these for? To sheathe your supple body, my dear Raymond, for the court. And a brutal one for the jungle, Denison. Come with me, we'll change. I'm the best one of all for me. Things that I do for bread. Not gold. Affection, friendship, the strong mutual bond of the round table. We are the spirits of the dead, creatures treading the river Styx. I'm here, aren't I? Doesn't that prove my fealty? Doesn't that satisfy you? I accept your fealty and do nobly return it and beseech you to get thine ass in gear and guard your angry loyal. Okay. And we're back. And we're back. We're talking about the valley, valley beyond, yeah. beyond, beyond the valley of the dolls. Beyond the shadow of the valley of the dolls. Beyond the shadow. What I've been wanting I'm trying to do my all best, night. Trying to do my best NPR voice right now, Cody. By the way, one thing we didn't mention, this is uh, it's not it's a sequel, but not exactly a sequel to Valley of the Dolls. It was a great intro. Yeah. Uh, it was originally planned to be a direct sequel, and then it all got switched around, and then somebody tried to sue them. Um, because somebody, an actress from the the Valley of the Dolls, mm-hmm. tried to sue them because the studio because it was she claimed it was pornography and she didn't want her name was tarnished because of it. So then they put that disclaimer oh. in front of it that says this is not a a sequel to that film or related to that film hmm. um, to kind of clear the air on that. Weird. Anyway, understand. All right, yeah. nice little history lesson hmm. there. Yeah. <laughs> all right. What do you say we rate this mammoth jammer, Kyle? What does John want us to rate it? Uh, John wants us to rate it happenings, and he rated it four out of five happenings. Wow. Okay, uh, when you if you do a um, if you do a, a what's the fuck rating box for this? Can Don't it be? It. Can it please be the DVD copy of <laughs> the happening? Of the happening, not a tree, <laughs> maybe a tree, <laughs> maybe I, just I, I a tree. For, I thought for sure it was going to be like Mark Wahlberg or something like yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> did you say Wahlberger? No, ma'am. Does it, no, <laughs> just M Night Shyamalan. Just the him. happening. The happening. Uh, uh, let's start with let's start with Mike. Uh, I am going to give this three happenings. Um. 
So, like, there... I, th- this is my second Russ Meyer movie. The same feel. I get the same feeling I felt when I watched Faster Pussycat. Um, like I feel like he deals with a lot of like really cool subjects that we are still talking about today. But I never feel like he ever was doing it on purpose. <laughs> like I feel like it was like he was like I'm gonna exploit the shit out of this and like and you're like wow he's kind of like saying like a really interesting point about yeah. something. Like it always feels like this should be a revolutionary movie, but like. Something about him makes me feel like it's not done. Yeah. It wasn't intended, right? No, no intentions. Right. So, um, but with that said, like, there are some cool things about this film, but I gotta say, man, two stars real heavy because, man, there are fucking parts of this movie that drag. Mm-hmm. Oh, there are scenes where I'm just like, man, where am I? What is going on? <laughs> Do I even give a shit anymore? <laughs> like, it's real just- Real hacker yeah, feeling. It's not like- <laughs> I think we all like hackers. Yeah. It, it, it's essentially, and for anybody who hasn't seen the movie, it's essentially Boogie Nights, right? Yeah. Same, similar kind of story, but I feel like that film always, like, it's back to back to back, like, it keeps you entranced throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. This movie, man, it just feels like maybe it's, like, three real good scenes, like, tied together by a bunch of bullshit and, like, some cool experimental shit sometimes, but, like, you don't really ever get a feeling of... Like your feet are steady yeah. and that you're you're grounded in any way. Uh, that that's the one thing I'd say. I totally agree, see why this is a cold film. Um, I am very glad that I got to finally see it. But um, like I said, some 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 negative things are giving this a three, three happenings in my mind. Are you pointing to me? Why don't you point at the camera? <laughs> no, I'm pointing at you, Kyle. That's God. you, Kyle. <laughs> you point at see me. It when I point. Uh, I'll go next. I am also at a three. Um, for the same exact reasons, I think there's points in this movie where it it does really lag. Um, but visually I have a lot of fun with this movie, oddly enough, like just, and it's cool just to watch people jerk their bodies around and call it dancing. (laughs) Dude, Um, I would have killed back then. Fucking A. I would have killed back then. I'm just like, is that lady okay? Um, (laughs) a lot of of spinals. It's real weird. She's walking and get whiplash. I don't understand um but no a lot of the same reasons it does drag but visually again this movie is stunning and like i'll say this about everyone in this movie there's i'm everybody's pretty like there's just a lot of pretty people in this film which is makes it interesting to look at and that's the one thing (laughs) nobody thought lance looked a little weird no he was a like an intriguing looking person i would say z-man is the most he had the bug eyes z-man's supposed to be the the most you you find out at the end he's supposed to be the most weird looking but ambiguous looking guy (laughs) i kind of thought he was the most in terms of dudes well maybe harris Harris, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. but I thought, even I thought Z-Man was kind of even Harris has a, like a baby face. He does, and all the women in this movie. Not, with the, I mean, they're stunning. They're literally stunning. And that, I mean, for so Russ, getting a point for that, or yeah. definitely, <laughs> definitely for Russ. For it's a, not I feel like I feel like for no, I feel like for a Russ Meyer film though, that's something that you look for, like hot with chips, his films, bro. Yeah, hot <laughs> chicks. It's true. One star. I feel like it is, but no, uh, yeah. There's 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 Things the editing man is just atrocious in this film. It really is, and there's stuff that comes out of nowhere, and there's weird, there's weird it, tonal changes that happen. Like there's literally a scene, the scene in the um, hospital where the doctor comes and tells him that Harris might not walk again. The music in it is straight up from a soap opera, and they yeah. play it up, and they play up the whole ham like how it's just weird. The tonal changes in this film, uh, but yeah, three three happenings for me, three Mark Wahlbergs. Three, <laughs> three, three M Night Shyamalan's, <laughs> three M- funky M- Mark Shyamalan's, three funky bunches, yeah, three funky bunches, <laughs> M-, M Shyamalama burgers, three trees. Uh, Chris, all right, I I enjoy this movie. I, I all the way through, I agree. Oh man, there are some parts that drag, and that is probably my biggest criticism about the film is that it's like an hour and fifty, and it could easily be an hour and twenty, and be probably a better film. Um, so I have to knock it a little bit for that, but overall visually super fun to watch colorful. Some of the shots are creative. Um, it is really, it does feel chaotic in the edit. I find something interesting about that. Although I could see how it'd be also distracting or also annoying. You know, it, it kind of hits all of these marks. Uh, the, the Russmeyer movies always do have a porny vibe to them. And, mm. you know, this one is, I feel one of his more mainstream films and, 
Um, I think they it had a higher quality maybe than a lot of the other stuff that he did as far as lighting goes and all this stuff. So it does look like polished, and I do think like there was some interesting things with the dialogue, especially with Z-Man's character. Um, I like when I see amateur acting in some cases, you know, like the fact that you're kind of giving somebody a chance that has never done anything. I granted, I know it's based kind of on physical appearance, probably, especially in a Russ Myers movie. He's definitely known to use, you know, busty, curvy girls. Like that's no, not a secret. <laughs> and they're all usually very attractive. So, you know, I, I like these elements of the film and I like that he kind of, you know, people find it endearing that he sort of created this this world of film. And it's interesting that Roger Ebert was a part of this because we all have our own image of who that guy is. And mm-hmm. when you go back and watch this movie, you're like, oh, okay. Like, what? I mean, this is a different side of Roger Ebert, probably. Um, and I, overall, just pretty much enjoyable. Uh, uh, I can't watch it all the time, though. So 3.5. Um, yeah, I, I, I say recommend it. I recommend it. Say go see it. It does have a crazy ass motherfucking ending. Right. And that is worth one watch, at least. Kyle. Uh, I'm going to come in at a three. Uh, I'm going to agree with a lot of the things that uh, Cody and Mike said. I think this movie is like the incarnation of just chaos. When you watch it, like everything feels just so disjointed and out of place, and it's just thrown at you in such a strange pattern, a strange order that it's really hard to follow. But, you know, that, that chaos also brings with it a high level of energy where you can't help but feel kind of pulled along with it, with that energy into the film. Um, you know, I, I think the film definitely, like to Chris's point, man, it fucking lacks in the editing room. Like, it, a re-edit on this might, uh, might clean up some of the stories so we might be able to follow the character arcs that are being created. Because, I mean, honestly, it feels like it comes from a place of, like, a writer who is focused on, um, like, characters, character development, character-driven piece, but the editing doesn't reflect that. I feel like doesn't reflect the material that was there. Um, but at the same time, man, this movie feels like there's a lot of this. It there's parts where it just feels like it came from the school of sitcom, where it's like if there was like a music crescendo anytime something surprising or shocking happened, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, <laughs> who's behind that door? Yeah. You know, and it's mm-hmm. just like it's just that shit happens so much, and it becomes so fucking laughable in this movie. So I definitely agree. It's, it is a, a a cult film through and through, and I agree it's worth a watch just to just so that you could say you watch it and like again the ending is ridiculous so uh yeah i'm coming in at 3 on this one 3 uh Apnex. marky marks marky marks 3 heaven marky marks from Kyle that's it guys that's our show for this week if you would like us to uh pick your movie you got to get it into us so go to coltfilmandreview.com and put in your request for a film for uh, for for us to review uh, and then when you're done with that, head over to iTunes, leave us a review there, uh, and then we will give you a shout out at the end of the show. Make sure you follow us on social media, Cold Film underscore Review on Instagram, uh, uh, Cold Film Review on Twitter, on Facebook. We are on YouTube. You can follow Kyle at. You can follow me on Instagram at Cold Film underscore Kyle. You can follow Chris at. Cold Film underscore Chris on Instagram. You can follow Mike at. At Mike Salusio on Twitter. And you can follow me at VHS Collect on uh, Snapchat and Instagram. And remember, July 5th, Phoenix Film Bar, uh, hard ticket to Hawaii. Tickets where, Chris? TheFilmBarPHX.com. That's correct. That's our show for this week. Remember, if you're going to join the cult, just make sure they watch good movies. We'll see you next time. Of the dolls. The dolls. The dolls. The dolls. The dolls. The dolls. The dolls.